This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Jay Severin. These are not like Republicans. Republicans are for their candidates because they know, understand, believe, cherish perhaps, feel strongly about the way their candidates feel. Republicans care about the issues. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Indeed it is. And oh no, oh man, it's some fill-in guy. Nah, Jeffy's not here this morning. I, I think he is sleeping in. He's getting ready for next week, which is going to be huge around uh, the Blaze and around uh, and, and around the, uh, the the entire studio because uh, Glenn, of course, is coming back in, in, in here on Monday morning. And I just predict it's going to be an un- unbelievable week. My name is Brad Staggs. Uh, if you uh, watch uh, radio on television, which is how we do things around here, you know that uh, you see me in little three-minute snippets uh, in between uh, all the conversation with the guys. I do the commercials, and um, I sell stuff. But this morning, we get to have a conversation, which is exciting for me because, honestly, this is, this is a, a dream come true. And I've I've told this to Jeffy, and I've told this to um, to Glenn, and 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 to Pat Gray, and to Stu. This is such an unbelievable honor for me to be able to work with these guys. I cannot tell you. I don't know what I did, but something uh, apparently in a former life. <laughs> I have some positive karma because this is what an unbelievable experience. Um, and thank you, Jeffy, for allowing me to. Uh, to be in here this morning. Uh, just want to give out the phone number. You probably already have it, but I'll give it out anyway. 888-900-3393. Comments, questions, concerns, criticisms, you name it, we'll talk about it. Um, I wanted to give you a little bit, a little bit of background on me, just so you know where I'm coming from. Um, I've been around radio a long time. Uh, I've known I wanted to be in this business since I was in sixth grade. Uh, which is unusual and every time someone hears what well, you knew back then because I have a 14 year old son who still kind of sort of knows what he wants to do but not really and I find that to be the norm more than uh, more than ever people just don't know what they want to do when they're young I knew from a very young age this is uh, it's almost like a virus gets in your uh, in your bloodstream uh, but I knew I wanted to be in radio since uh, since sixth grade I used to put my parents in a closet with sliding doors and play television game show host. So I'm a total geek at the same time. Um, television uh, is it came secondarily to me. Um, I got my start uh, back in 89. And uh, if anybody remembers the Nashville Network, there are a few. Uh, the Nashville Network is where I really started uh, uh, doing some really fun stuff in this business with uh, UFOs. And uh, government conspiracies and all of that, which is fun. 
Um, went on to HGTV and DIY, and here I am at The Blaze. This, like I said, is, is a dream come true for me. Uh, the story of how I got here in and of itself, I mean, into this building and uh, into this chair. Three years ago, if you uh, would have told me that I'd be doing this this morning, I would have told you you were crazy. Uh, but I'll tell you that story uh, coming up in just a little bit. Uh, whatever is on your mind is what uh, I will talk about this morning. Uh, it is a conversation, so if you don't give or if you don't take, I can't give. Um, if you have any questions uh, about um, the real Jeffy, if you know what I'm saying, uh, let me know as well. I'll tell you anything. Well, almost anything. Um, Hillary uh, is is back in the news. This... Uh, the, the news cycle these days, I don't know about you, but I just get, I get bored. I think that's what it is. And I think that most people feel that way anymore. You get the same stories every day. Hillary hasn't released emails. And uh, now you've got the, the Cecil the Lion. Well, actually, that's that's a spike. That's a bright uh, a bright spot because it is... I don't want to say ludicrous, but if you look at the at the true, well, at the contradiction between what I think are the two big stories in this country right now, Planned Parenthood videos and Cecil the Lion, and people are more outraged, it seems, over the killing of a lion than they are of the killing of human babies. I don't understand that. Um, the world seems to be upside down. This whole Cecil the Lion thing, the guy is, I mean, this guy's life, what is it, uh, Palmer, dentist, what is he, a dentist? I mean, his life is essentially done, uh, at least until the next big news story hits. Uh, he has had to close his business, from what I understand. He's had to change his cell phone number, or I guess turn his cell phone off, because people were locating him through his uh, his cell phone number, the GPS on that. And I'm not defending what he did because I, I think it's I think it's stupid to kill an animal to put their head on the wall. Uh, it just makes no sense. If you're hungry and you need to eat and you need to kill an animal, I get that. But. Or, or, or if if there are animals, and this happens a lot, coyotes, things like that, that they, well, actually, if you start killing coyotes, they actually grow in numbers. It's that weird whole Mother Nature's going to win thing. But the senseless killing of animals makes no sense to me, for obvious reasons. But this guy, whether or not he paid the $50,000 to the government, whether or not it was legal, the fact that more people seem outraged about this than about the uh, than about the Planned Parenthood meeting or the videos astounds me. And I was talking to somebody about this yesterday here at the um, at the Blaze Radio Studios, and it how do I put this? It, it, it's just stunning the way the world has turned upside down. Our values seem to have just. Gone out the window. We're talking about a country in, in Namibia, I believe it is, um, where people are more concerned, for good reason, with finding fresh water to drink and to use in their day-to-day lives 
than they are about a line. As a matter of fact, what did, uh, there was a story that they asked people on the streets there, you know, what do you think about Cecil the lion? And most of the people said, what lion? To them, it's just, it's another lion out in the desert. And again, I don't support the killing of, a, of, a, of this lion walking around. And I was listening to Doc and Skip yesterday, and uh, the average lifespan, I believe, of a, of a lion is 14 years, and Cecil was 13 so as as Doc said, shouldn't we pile on this guy for um, killing an elderly lion? I mean, uh, he's been tarred and feathered. There, there, I, I even saw a story about somebody going after his daughter for this, which to me is ridiculous. Um, I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand where, and is it just a small is it just a small segment of the population? Is it just a few of us who are crazy? Or is it really a majority of people? Or is it that little tiny percentage that's just very vocal? I don't know. You tell me. It's a very, very, very strange and upside-down world in which we live. Uh, on the, I was looking at the uh, Blaze website this morning. Uh, the the uh, story about Bono. And the woman who called 911 after he crashed his uh, motorcycle in Central Park, that was, uh, uh, that was interesting. Uh, Thursday night, U2 takes the stage and, uh, in, in New York, um, Madison Square Garden. And apparently Bono had crashed his motorcycle here. I, I missed that story whenever it happened days, weeks ago. But... This woman apparently called 911. He calls her up on stage. He, he says, you know, he thinks his, uh, he gets it wrong where she lives. He says, uh, a pretty woman from Denver. And, you know, thanks her for, for calling 911. She gets up there. She says, I have to clarify. It's Alyssa. I'm from D.C., not Denver. She, she uh, snapped at him. Uh, <laughs> she said, Bono, here's what happened. I'm, I'm running in Central Park. There was an accident. Obviously, I had to stop and help because... I'm not from New York. I'm from Virginia where people are nice. That's what this woman is saying on stage at Madison Square Garden uh, Garden during a U2 concert to New Yorkers. Not the sharpest tool in the shed. They started to boo as only as only New York can do so well. And I love New York. Let me just say, I love Manhattan. If I could afford it, I would have a, a, a an apartment overlooking Manhattan. I can't afford it. I work in radio. But they began to boo this woman. And uh, Bono had also called up the firefighters from Engine 44 who had uh, pulled him from the motorcycle accident. And they they yanked the, the, the microphone out of this woman's hand and I guess sent her packing. But again, you know she can vote. She has a voter registration card. Yeah, uh, you just some things you was you don't uh, tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. You don't pull the mask off the old lone old lone ranger and and never piss off New Yorkers at a concert. Just not a smart thing to do. All right, uh, we are going to take a short break. Back with more on the Jeff Fisher Show. I'm Brad Staggs here on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show, The Blaze Radio Network.
Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. We called 911 again to ask the dispatcher, hey, where are the police? I already called. How come they're not here yet? We've seen these stories before. People call police 911 for fake stuff. You know, they just want to ride home or whatever. And he's he's in trouble now for this misuse of 911, Skip. But what if it had been an accident? It took him a long time to get there. I mean, lost time. Right. He's doing them a favor. He's saving lives here. The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. It is Brad Staggs in for Jeffy this morning. Uh, he is at home. He's resting. Yeah, there's a filling guy. So you can uh, you know go about your business and not listen or stick around. Uh, it is such an honor to be filling in for Jeffy this morning. Thank you, uh, Mr. Fisher. Uh, I do appreciate it. Um, you know, someone once asked me what, uh, after I started working here, what, what is Jeffy's job? What is his job description? And I think I asked Stu at that time. This has been a couple of years ago now. And I, I said, Stu, what is jo- Jeffy's official title? And he looked at me and said, punching bag. And I <laughs> How many, how many people, how many of you could actually do what Jeffy does and take those slings and arrows every day? I know. It takes a, a very special individual. Uh, if you have uh, been under a rock somewhere and had not heard of uh, James Palmer, he's the dentist. He's the killer dentist. He's, I mean, you think you're having a bad day. Imagine waking up as James Palmer. Because you know that feeling you have when, when, when you're going through something stressful in your life, whatever it is, divorce, death, whatever. Your only respite is at night. Sleep comes, you're calm, you forget. You wake up and there's that split second in the morning where you don't remember it and it seems like another day. And then all every whatever you're dealing with comes flooding right back in on top of your head and you feel like you've been hit with a sledgehammer and your stomach sinks and you just feel like crap. But there's that split second. Now imagine James Palmer. This guy, this dentist, kills Cecil the lion. And he woke up, uh, he's going to wake up at some point today. And for that split second, he'll think everything is fine. And then it'll all come flooding back in. That he is known worldwide now. Not just in this country, but worldwide as the killer of Cecil the Lion, who looks like this fuzzy little, just you want to give him a big hug, who's a big lion, yes, Cecil is. And I love lions, but come on, this thing would eat your face. Again, I'm not defending James Palmer's actions at all. I think killing an animal just to put their head on the wall, it's stupid. I have friends who are hunters. They hunt, they 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 kill, they eat the meat, they they. You know, use most parts of the animal, whatever. I don't hunt. I shot a bird once. I shot a bird, and then I saw it hit the ground. I was like 17. And I saw this bird hit the ground. Out of my bedroom window, I shot it. I ran outside, and this bird is laying on the ground. He's panting. And I looked at him, and I thought, oh, man, that sucks. What did I <laughs> Why did I do that? And that was, that, that, oh, and I will kill the crap out of bugs, but not I just, I don't know. There's just, hunting is for some people. It's not for others. And um, I have a friend, like I said, a lot of friends who hunt. And I've always said, hey, when when the apocalypse hits, I want you around because you can kill things. 
I, I can build stuff all day long. I can build a shelter. I can. I love to clean, but I don't want to shoot anything if I don't have to. So James Palmer is going to wake up sometime this morning and realize that there are truly talks of extraditing him to Zimbabwe. And one legal analyst said it's likely or highly likely. Um, this story was on the uh, the Washington Post. Uh, Fish and Wildlife Service wants to talk to Palm, uh, Palmer so far. That hasn't happened, they said. Investigators for the service knocked on the front door of Palmer's house, stopped by his dental office, called his uh, telephone numbers, and filled his inbox with emails. And so far, he has not been able to be lured out of hiding. Then Thursday afternoon, the agency's Office of Law Enforcement was contacted by somebody on Palmer's behalf. The service's investigation is ongoing and appreciates that Dr. Palmer's representatives reached out. The agency said if and when he materializes, Palmer could face an extradition request from officials in Zimbabwe who have signaled a request to pursue one. I don't know about you. But the last thing on my bucket list is getting extradited to Zimbabwe. And again, if, if you think that this guy deserves to be drawn and quartered over killing uh, this lion, who was a gorgeous creature, don't get me wrong. If you believe that he, um, that he should be extradited, I, I'd love to hear from you. I've given out the phone number, and I know that um, you, you have a busy day and you've got things to do. But if you have a chance... Call. Let's talk. You know, a little talk, a little coffee, no big whoop. Uh, 888-900-3393 is the phone number. 888-900-3393. I am Brad Staggs. Uh, You uh, see me if you watch uh, Glenn's radio show um, on TV, online, on Roku, whatever. I do the the commercials in between the guys talking, so I only have to talk in three-minute increments. Uh, this morning, uh, doing the show for for Jeffy, I get to talk. I get to expound upon my thoughts. More of my brain gets spilled out, and I have ADD, as so many people do here around uh, the blaze. Um, so I will go in eighteen different directions, and you can either find that interesting or you can find it really annoying. It could go either way, but um, if there's something on your mind you want to talk about, let me know. But this guy, Palmer, um, he's going to have a really, 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 really bad day. And it's, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be this way until the next big story hits. Until the next big story in the news cycle hits. His life is toast. And I heard something interesting. I, again, I think it was Doc uh, yesterday on, uh, on Glenn's radio show. Think of all the people that worked at this guy's dental office. Their jobs are toast. I mean, it's this has affected so many ancillary lives. Even even Palmer's daughter has been threatened at this point. And again, for a lion. But these Planned Parenthood videos keep coming out, showing the most detestable things done to human beings. And there's not that same outcry. I just don't get it. Love your thoughts on it. 
Uh, one of the things I do uh, on the uh, the radio show uh, in the mornings generally is trivia. So I thought I'd share some of that with you too because it's just fun. Now these are the questions that I'm going to be doing on Monday and Tuesday on the uh, on the on TV on radio. Um, so you're actually getting a jump, and I'll give you the answer after the break. But it was on uh, Monday of 1996. This song and dance began its domination of pop radio. What is it? 1996, a Monday, August 3rd. This is the Jeff Fisher Radio Show. I am Brad Staggs in for Jeffy this morning on the Blaze Radio Network. Back in a minute. The Jeff Fisher Show, the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show is on. It is the Jeff Fisher Radio Show, and I'm not Jeffy. No, he's at home, and if he's smart, he's still asleep. Uh, but uh, my name is Brad Staggs, and uh, normally I do uh, commercials on the uh, the TV radio program, which technology has made things really, really confusing because now we do radio on television, and we do television on radio. And so if you watch Glenn's program on The Blaze... Uh, or on the uh, the Blaze app on your uh, phone, which, by the way, uh, is getting better every day. I hear the frustration. Sometimes it crashes a few things here and there, but uh, thing changes are underway. Let's put it that way. Things are getting better. But uh, so I do the commercials, and Jeffy asked me if I would uh, if I would fill in for him uh, today, and I am proud and honored to do just that. Uh, if you do watch uh, the uh, radio program, uh, we do trivia on it every morning, and uh, just kind of a fun thing. Just kind of a fun throwback to the way radio used to be. You know what I'm saying? And just before the break, uh, the uh, trivia question, which is actually going to be one on Monday. So you're going to get a jump in the uh, jump on the game. Uh, on Monday in 1996, uh, this song and dance began its domination of pop radio. If you said the Macarena, you are correct. You get 10 extra points. And this bonus story from me from, uh, good grief, what was that, 15 years ago? I think I was on vacation in... Mexico, um, what is the little island off uh, the coast of Mexico? Anyway, one of those little Mexican towns where you, you know, tourists go and drink and, you know, basically look like fools. Uh, Carl Malone, the mailman who uh, played for the Utah Jazz, uh, he was there. I danced the Macarena with Carl Malone. That is my claim to fame. Past that, basketball, can't stand it. Never could make a shot. And then my 14-year-old last night said, I hate basketball. I can't do it. And I said, you come by that honestly, quite frankly. Uh, I do want to, and I just tweeted out this picture. Um, my friend from fifth grade, his name is Dodd Talbot. He's, uh, he lives in Whitefish, Montana. And this was on his daughter's Facebook page. Uh, when I saw it this morning. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> what an honor. Uh, my dad uh, was voted best car salesman of the Flathead Valley. I'm, 
And I will say that Dodd, in, first of all, he has an odd name, D-O-D-D. He was named after Bobby Darren's son, Dodd Darren. But um, I've known Dodd since fifth grade. Uh, I've got a small cluster of friends that we still get together every couple of years from fifth grade, which was about 110 years ago. But he's a great salesman, and the fact that he is now the uh, best car salesman of the Flathead Valley, when you have done that, what else is there? I mean, he's reached the, the pinnacle. But, Dodd, I love you, and uh, <laughs> congratulations on being the king of Flathead Valley. Um, I want to tell you, uh, talk to you a little bit about uh, Birmingham. Uh, if, if you have not signed up to participate in uh, Birmingham, uh, coming up later this month, on uh, the 28th and 29th, um, please do so. Uh, MercuryOne.org is the website. And Never Again Is Now is the movement. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be behind the scenes on this one. Uh, a, very, uh, a woman very close to me, her name is Beth. She is coordinating uh, the, um, the walk and the event and doing an amazing job, by the way. Uh, she, I get to see all of these things behind the scenes. I get to see how all of these things that you get to see in a finished form come together from behind the curtain, which, again, is one of the most fascinating things, I tell you. It is such an honor to do. Um, but this Birmingham uh, event has grown incredibly. It has grown... I believe this is going to be an event of historic proportions, and... I'm not getting paid to go. I work for I work for Glenn. I work for the Blaze, but I'm not getting paid to go to this thing. I'm going. I bought my own plane ticket to get there because I thought, how many times will I ever have the opportunity in my life to be behind the ropes on an event that's going to go down in history? If you went back in time to Martin Luther King's marches uh, in Birmingham you know, in, in Washington, and you could get like I say, behind the ropes, inner circle, would you do it? Would you do it and be able to, to tell that story to your kids, grandkids, to see history unfolding? Um, this is going to be a very intimate event. Uh, it is going to be, like I said, I think this will make history. Uh, if you go to mercuryone.org, the, uh, the, the front page uh, is where the movement and they, they have uh, just uh, had these shirts printed up. Um, some of them have the, the logo on it. Um, one of them has the uh, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Not to act is to act. And you can be a part of something that I think has the potential to change the course of things in this country. We have to become more united we, uh, for crying out loud, it's in our name. It is in our name. The United States of America is almost, it's almost laughable to call us that now. Because we are, we are so ununited. And when Glenn puts things like this together, and I see all the moving parts of this, you know, slowly becoming cohesive and, and all falling into place. How can you not want to be there at that event? If you, by any stretch of the imagination, 
can take the time, and I know it costs money to get there. I get that. If you can, by any stretch of the imagination, afford it, bring your kids. This is going to be something, and that's what I told my son. Uh, he's coming as well. He, I said, you, you won't get the opportunity to see this many times in your lifetime. I hope this is the first step in in bringing us together again, in, 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 in becoming united again. There is so much discontent, that's a word, in this country. There is so much, uh, so many of us, we, we're all in splinter groups. Technology was supposed to bring us together, and I swear technology has been at the core of what has divided us. Uh, you, you take the little bitty things that, that wouldn't, I mean, from, from a racial standpoint, you take little things here and there that wouldn't have otherwise grown into big problems had it not been for things like social media and technology and, and information traveling at the speed of light. But now this is an opportunity to actually use technology to our advantage and bring us back together. Go to mercuryone.org and, uh, and participate. Donate if you can. Click on the Birmingham details and you will see exactly what the movement is all about. Um, I really do believe it is going to be a part. Uh, it is, it's going to be more than a footnote in history. Um, and if you can be behind it, I would highly recommend it. Uh, and I, By the way, I think this is, and again, my ADD on fire. I can go in 18 directions. I'll pick one every now and then. And flutter down it for for a bit, but that's why I think Donald Trump. And 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 if Stu is listening right now, his head will explode. He can't stand Donald Trump. I don't know that I'd vote for the guy, but I can tell you that's why a lot of us like him. That's why he's still ahead in the polls. It's true. He he doesn't have a filter. He says things. He he replies to questions. As Mark Cuban said, he doesn't speak in politically correct sound bites. He tells you what's on his mind. How many politicians do we have today that will do that? You can count them on one hand. I think Mike Huckabee is learning to do that. And good grief, how many other uh, how many other people uh, candidates in the in the, uh, in the Republican Party now? I mean, like, oh, are we up to a hundred yet? I mean, this is just just getting stupid. But when you have someone like Donald Trump who says whatever it is that's on his mind without a filter and he's number one in the polls, you think that would throw a clue to the rest of these yahoos running for office. When I say yahoos, I do not include Ted Cruz in that. I like him. But I... Again, whether or not you agree with Donald Trump's politics, uh, the guy says it like it is. And I think most of us really, really, really like that. For a change, we are not, we're not being lied to, which is every day, the gov- every day a government spokesperson steps forward, you know, that's, that's what we're getting. Their, their nose gets longer. We never get the truth. Donald Trump gives us the truth, at least from his standpoint, and people are clamoring to him. 
I am Brad Staggs uh, in for uh, for Jeffy this morning, and I want to tell you the story of how I got here, how I actually um, came to be sitting in this chair. It's a God moment. It is, I think, proof um, that prayer works. And I get goosebumps every time I was telling the story to somebody yesterday. I get goosebumps. I will tell you here after we take a short break to pay some bills, as they say. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. I'm Brad Staggs on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. He is not here this morning. He's absent. Brad Staggs is here, though, in his chair and honored to be here. Uh, Jeffy's just uh, taking a little extra time off. Um, Actually, all the guys from radio off this week. It's been very lonely around the building. Uh, But they will all return on Monday on Glenn's radio show. And Jeffy will be right back here uh, next uh, Saturday morning. It is Saturday, isn't it? Yes, it is Saturday. Good grief. When you... My alarm went off at um, 3.20 Central Time. And I love, I mean, I love getting up early because I like watching the sun go up, but good grief, 3.20. That's, I don't know how Jeffy does it. Um, I told you I would tell you the story of how I got here because this, to me, again, three years ago, if you said, Brad, you know what you're going to, in three years, you will be sitting in Jeff Fisher's chair filling in for him on his radio program on the Blaze Radio Network, and I would have told you, you're crazy. But here's how the whole thing unfolded, and it still gives me goosebumps to this day. Um, I I co-owned a a successful production company, um, and about to see here, coming up on two years, just about two years ago, things were not going well. Things were not going well. And I believe everything happens for a reason. Now I understand. So I'm, I'm living in Nashville. Uh, my uh, business partner, Beth, and I, were, were we ran and still do run this production company. Um, business had just not been good to the point where it was, how am I going to pay the mortgage? How am I going to pay the bills? You know the feeling. Some days it gets scary. And I was depressed. Um I was I was truly I think at the bottom of the barrel looking up, and I was scared, apprehensive. My house had been uh, had, had had gone into foreclosure, I guess, but you know, they, they sold the, the the mortgage on the secondary market anyway. I'm paying an exorbitant interest rate on this mortgage, and just wondering how I'm going to crawl out. As you know, if you've ever been at the bottom of the barrel, you understand it gets difficult. You don't know how you're going to get out. But it's a Saturday night. I remember like it was just, it was a Saturday night. I was laying on the couch downstairs at my house watching television. Don't remember the program. I just remember I did. I don't know what did it to me, but I got up and I stood up in the middle of the room, put my hands in the air and said, God, I don't know what to do. I have no idea how to get out of this. I don't know. I can't do it alone. I'm a spiritual guy. I'm not what I call religious, but very spiritual. I believe in God. And 
So I stood up. I said, God, I don't know what to do. And that was kind of it. That's Saturday night. On Monday afternoon, I was in my car, truck actually, and my friend who I'd known since 1989, Laverne. Laverne Vivio, U-Turn Laverne, calls me up and says, hey, what are you doing these days? Do you have some time? I've uh, oh, yeah, I got, yeah, I can, what, what, what are you talking about? She says, well, I don't know if you know, but I'm in Dallas and I work at the Blaze. Do you like Glenn Beck? I said, are you kidding? Love Glenn. She said, they're looking for somebody to do commercials with, with me, with Laverne. Can you come down here and audition? And I said, are you kidding? I will be right there. And I was on on the following Wednesday, two days later, I'm standing here at Mercury Studios, standing in the studio, auditioning to do commercials on, on Glenn's radio show. And, and what, four days before, I had stood up and said, God, I don't know what to do. The point is, I think prayer works. If you call that a prayer, I don't know. If you just ask for help, that is the key in any situation. Admit that you can't do it alone. Admit that you need help. And believe me, if, if, if there's anybody who hates asking for help, it's me. And if it works for me, it'll work for you, no matter where you are in this life. All right. I'll take a quick break here and be back with more of the Jeff Fisher Radio Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. And Jeffy is not here this morning. This is Brad Staggs. I love Donna's tweet. Donna said to the Blaze Brad just uttered words that made his mom proud. I am not Jeffy. <laughs> She's so. I love Jeffy. I, he gets picked on a lot, and I'm telling you, he's one of the most lovable human beings. Don't tell him I said this. I, it'll ruin his public persona, but uh, one of the nicest guys underneath that whole gruff exterior thing, just a real sweetheart of a guy. Anyway, I'm proud to be sitting in for uh, for Jeffy. I just uh, normally uh, here at the um, at the Blaze, I do uh, commercials on the um, on Glenn's radio and television show. So I get to speak in little three minute pieces. And, and this morning I'm uh, I've gotten to uh, yammer on for for two hours. Uh, in addition to that, um, I'm also the the uh, the building manager uh, here at our uh, Dallas studios. Which again, what an honor to. Man, the, the the studios where I am sitting right now were built in 1981. They were uh, used to be called the, the studios at Las Colinas, and they shot parts of RoboCop here. Uh, Born on the Fourth of July with uh, Tom Cruise, um, Problem Child, 
I didn't really like that movie. I love John Ritter. Go figure. Uh, the very first movie that was shot here was uh, Silkwood with Cher. I think that was in 81, 82. And um, I was talking with uh, one of the guys, uh, an old stagehands who um, was just happened to be in the building a few months ago. He, he'd worked on that, um, on that movie. What a storied history this facility has. And again, to, to say that I, I look at it as it's my building. And I'm taking care of this building as if it were my own. Um, again, what what an honor. And, and thank you for, for not turning the dial when you heard Jeffy wasn't here. I appreciate that. Um, I have a story coming up. I don't know if you knew this or not, but the uh, uh, 2001, September 11th. Those were not the first planes to fly into a building in New York City. And this is a really obscure story. I'll tell you about it coming up. But the, the, it happened a long time ago you know, where, where the, uh, another instance of a plane flying into a, a building in, in New York City. I was fa- Doc Thompson actually uh, told me this a, a couple of years back. I've been fascinated ever since. Um, tell you that coming up. But uh, I want you to also go to uh, MercuryOne.org. That is um, Mercury One's website, their homepage, and it's where you can get more information on the the march coming up uh, in Birmingham, Alabama, on the 28th and 29th of this month, it is going to be a historic event. It is a chance for you to take part in something historic. I really believe. As soon as I I heard about this, as soon as Glenn started talking about this on the radio, I really had. I just had a gut feeling that this is going to be something that actually changes the course of history, has a big impact on it. And if you can in any way get away from your job, I, uh, look, I know, I'm, I know money's tight. I understand that. If there's any way you can take the time to get to Birmingham and join us, as uh, Glenn really wants to help put this country back together. I don't know if it's possible. I'd like to believe it is, but I'm not sure that it is. But he's going to try. He's really going to try. And if you have the chance to come to Birmingham to take part in this, to help try to at least get us a little closer together, uh, you know, we'd love to have you. And it's a real opportunity to, um, to see history unfolding. Uh, thank you for all the tweets. I've been uh, tweeting out a, a few pictures here. Uh, my uh, Twitter handle is uh, the Blaze Brad at the Blaze Brad, um, and just being again being in this building at this time of the day. This is actually my favorite time. I like it early, early in the morning, and late, late at night because it's quiet. It's not infested with human beings. <laughs> Which, by the way, I have never. Worked in a place. It's a human freak show here in Dallas. And I would tell this to anybody that works here. I have never seen a, a bigger collection of, of human freaks in my life. And I am one of them. I don't know what it is, but this, it's probably the, the, the combination or the intersection of radio, uh, television, and Glenn Beck that is really... Um, attracted this diverse group of people to work in this building. It is the strangest thing. You've got straight people. You have gay people. You have 
far-left people. You have far-right people. You have atheists. You have Bible thumpers. You have just about every example of human existence that you will find anywhere. And it's all under one roof. And it's the most amazing experience I've ever had in my life. And again, I am just so thankful um, that, that uh, obviously God wants me here for a reason. Uh, because <laughs> every day I get to go, wow. Unlike James Palmer, the guy who killed Cecil the Lion or Cecil the Lion, who's getting up this morning with that split second thinking life is okay. And then it all floods back in. I don't know if you heard they want to uh, extradite him to Zimbabwe. That is, like I said, not on my bucket list of things that I want to have happen to me. I This guy's life is over. And yet, for some reason, Planned Parenthood just, you know, they're like Teflon. All the stuff rolls off them. But James Palmer kills a lion. And guess what? The world is coming to an end. Um a few weeks ago, I guess it's been two or three weeks ago now, as soon as, as Glenn um, left the building, uh, which, by the way, he does return Monday. I just tweeted the picture of his empty, lonely, dark office. Um, one of the shows that they did on, uh, on his uh, television show was Ask Glenn or Ask Glenn's staff anything. And on his Facebook page, uh, you, you asked questions, and, and Tiffany and uh, Dan and, and everybody, Jeffy, uh, Pat, Stu, they all answered these questions about what it was like to, to work with Glenn. And I will tell you that he, one of the, one of the, I guess, the questions at the forefront was when he gives you, you know, when he gives you these assignments, does he give you the freedom to do what you need to do? Does he let you, you know, explore your vision or does he, is he a totalitarian ruler? Uh, he is, he he gives people so much latitude, it's almost frightening. Um, when Glenn asks you to do something or assigns you to a project, he gives you all the latitude in the world, which can be really scary when you think about it. Uh, he one night said to me, that was at 10.30 at night, this is, gosh, a year and a half ago, we were uh, the big robots from um, Man in the Moon had just been delivered to the studio, and it was Ben McPherson, Beth, and myself. The three of us here in the studio late one night at 10.30, unwrapping these giant robots. And if you haven't seen these, they're amazing. If you have seen them, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They're like 17 feet tall. They've got one eye, and they're huge. Uh, I'll tweet a picture out uh, just in case. But when I cut the arms, when I cut the ropes holding the arms together, they sprung out, which scared the crap out of me because these things are big. And Glenn shows up. It's 1030 at night. Glenn, all of a sudden, you know, the door opens and, and Glenn and Tanya walk in. And he came up to me and we were, we were talking and he said, if you treat everyone fairly, no matter who they are, and it's Bill, he said, I'll back you all the way in reference to any, any projects and, and assignments that he, that he doles out. That is the core of who he is. I'm always amazed at the people who throw daggers at Glenn. Um, usually the people who, who, who hate him have never listened. Um, I can tell you from personal experience, he's one of the nicest human beings I've ever met in my life. Generous to a fault and trusts people to a fault. Has much more faith in humanity than I do. 
But that's one of the things that I, I love about working here. It is a fascinating human experience. <laughs> one I will probably never be able to duplicate uh, in my life. Um, again, what, what an honor. Uh, I, all right, coming up here in just a second, I'm going to tell you the story of the, uh, the plane. Uh, that ha- this ha- that happened a long time ago, too. The Twin Towers were not the first plane, or not the first buildings in New York City to be hit by a plane. If you hadn't heard this story, it's kind of wild. And the Texas mother, who you do not want to piss off. That's another great story. It's on the Blaze, uh, it's on the Blaze website as well. I'm Brad Staggs, filling in for Jeff Fisher this morning on the Jeff Fisher Show here on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. But I am not Jeff Fisher. Words, indeed, my mom would be proud of. I am Brad Staggs, filling in for Jeffy this morning as he, uh, I guess he's storing up his strength for Monday. Monday's going to be a big day here around the Blaze and Blaze Radio because uh, Glenn returns Monday morning. And I do have the honor of, I, I'll bet you, let's see. I, yeah, I think I'll be the first person inside this building to see him, which I can when he pulls in, I want to be able to say, on behalf of America, welcome back, Glenn. No pressure. Don't screw this up. I think this is the longest Glenn has not uh, has ever not been on the air since he was um, since he went syndicated in what two thousand one. Uh, I remember the very first time I heard him on the air and was was amazed. Uh, continued to be a big fan. What an honor to work in the same building for the guy. But uh, Glenn returns to the radio on Monday. Jeffy is uh, he's recharging his batteries, as they say, trusting me with a chair. And it is an honor to, uh, to fill in. Uh, I, I, I do want to tell you the story of the, um, this is back in 1945. And this one, this one I learned from Doc Thompson a, a couple of years ago. The, the, the Twin Towers were not the first buildings to be hit by an airplane in New York City. In 1945, a B-25 Mitchell bomber was uh, being flown in, in thick fog over the city, and it crashed into the Empire State Building. In 1945, it was on let's see, July 28th, which is what, four days ago? So four days ago and 70 years. I hate math. You do it. 2015, 40, whatever it is. It was uh, a long time ago, 1945. Uh, they said the accident didn't compromise the building's structural integrity, but it did cause 14 people to lose their lives, three of the crewmen on board, and 11 people in the building. And the damage uh, in, in 2014, 2015 dollars, uh, about $13 million, $13, 14000000 million in damage. I had no idea. And, and Doc walked into in the offices one day. He says, you know, the, 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 a B-25 flew into the Empire State, but what? I, what? Never heard this. And it's one of those stories that's being lost, uh, lost to antiquity. Um, and again, my ADD is rampant, so I'm all over the place. But at the fair, was it? Um, I used to live in Nashville, Tennessee, Na- and it's not Nashville; it's Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee. 
Um, and I was at the fair I think, five, six years ago, and they had a ride at the fair. It was, it was one of those big bouncy things, those inflatable things kids get on. It's a big slide, and it was at the Titanic. So it's this, you know, the ship pitched at a 45-degree angle, um, and you climb to the top, and you slid down the boards, the, you know, the quasi-whatever, the deck of the ship. And Beth was with me, and I turned to her. I said, yeah, okay, is this not just a little weird? I mean, here you have a, a situation. You have a, a disaster where hundreds and hundreds of people died. And now we've turned it into an amusement park ride, a fair ride, a, a slide and if you ask these kids, you know, with their sliding down, they say, what's this boat? Made? I had no idea. Which I said, okay, so let's, let's project 50 years in the future. Is there going to be a Twin Towers ride at a, at a theme park? I'm in no way being insensitive. I, 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 I remember where I was that day that the buildings went down and it's still chilling. But what the hell is wrong with people? <laughs> Why do we do things like that? Why do we create a, a an amusement park ride from a disaster? And we're going to do it again. I mean, Glenn has faith in people. I share Jeffy's cynicism. <laughs> he and I, he and I get along so well because we are both so cynical. <laughs> it's, it's. Um, <laughs> I love, I, I always say, I hate people. That's my favorite expression. It is not true in any way, shape, or form. I don't hate people. And don't you tell anybody that I said that because it'll ruin my image. But the thing is, people will always disappoint you. And if I had a friend once who said, the problem, if you if you are continually disappointed by people, the problem is you got to lower your expectations because people will be people. So when you hear me say, I hate people, I don't. I'm just disappointed. I'm just like you. Been kicked enough times at age 51 to be wary. And that's not a bad thing. It's, it's, I don't know if it's wisdom or not. I'm trying to tell my 14-year-old, you know, they, he asks me advice on this and that, and, and and I, I just sometimes I don't even know what to say. It's like I, I don't want to say people will disappoint you because I, who wants to instill that into their kid? But at the same time, Sam, people are going to disappoint you. What you have to do is every moment, do what you think is right, do the best thing that you think is right. It's really not that difficult in terms of, of simplicity. But so few people follow that rule anymore. I think they're the same people who if you remember the, the old saying, neither a borrower nor a lender be. And there's good reason for that, obviously. But when people borrow something from you, do they give it back to you? in worse or better condition than when you gave it to them. They should, of course, give it back to you in better condition. But do they? Nine times out of ten? No. It's either out of gas, dirty, needs to be washed, broken, cracked, you name it. But it's not in better condition than when they gave it to you. 
I, mean, I was talking to somebody here at the, in the studio not too long ago. We were just discussing the fact that what what happened? Where along the line did we lose that? That giving somebody back something that you borrowed in better shape than it was when you got it. Did that whole concept die with customer service? And if we continue this, where are we going? <sighs> kind of gets depressing, doesn't it? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, again, go to the uh, go to the uh, Mercury One uh, website, mercuryone.org, if you haven't done so yet. And please join us in Birmingham, August twenty eighth and 29th. This is going to be an incredible opportunity to come together, to unite. Again, um, I don't know if we were ever really united as a people. I don't know if you can reunite if you haven't been united. But what we need in this country is unity. And this event in Birmingham on uh, 828 and 829 is maybe the first step in that. I think it's going to be huge if you have the opportunity to join us. I think you are going to see a piece of history unfold. And I, I know you won't be sorry you came. If you can get the time off of work, if you can find the money, please come to Birmingham. Go to mercuryone.org and get more information. Jeffy's not here this morning. It's Brad Stikes filling in. And we've got more coming up after a break on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. And I am Brad Stack sitting in for Jeffy this morning. He's uh, at home. Uh, and I, I said earlier, he's re, uh, recharging his batteries, which, uh, who was it on, on Twitter, said that conjures up some really disturbing images. <laughs> Stop that. Uh, and uh, also, uh, Mark, uh, Mark uh, Watkins on Twitter, uh, thank you for the, the compliment. Um, and uh, Mark says, uh, I hope uh, Jeffy's feeling better after his fall. Hurry up Monday. I agree. Jeffy told me about his fall uh, last week when he came in. Uh, he was um, came in late one day, and uh, I was talking to him after he got here, and uh, he recounted the whole, you know, he, he was turning, basically went to get the paper out of his front yard, turned, went to step up on the driveway, and just, you know, tripped over the edge of the, uh, of the concrete and went down. And we were talking about how it hurts now to fall. Remember when you were a kid, you could fall out of a tree, you could fall off the roof, and you bounced, and everything was okay. I mean, it it didn't seem. I, I don't remember it hurting. I remember one time in fifth grade in Boron, California, and if you want to talk about the middle of nowhere, look up Boron, California. It's next to Edwards Air Force Base. It is in the middle of absolute nowhere. You go nowhere, and then you turn left. But I lived there, and I remember when I was a friend of mine and I, we were in fifth grade, and we were up on top of his roof because his parents were at home. And we saw his mom and dad pull into the driveway, and I was so scared that we were going to get in trouble. I ran down the roof and ju- just jumped. Boop, off. No problem. Stop, drop, roll. 
But now you fall and it hurts. And Jeffy actually uh, went to the hospital just to, to make sure everything was where it was supposed to be. Nothing was out of place, but uh, it, it is frightening. It, you know, those commercials on TV, you know, you see where I, I've fallen and I can't get up. Not so funny anymore, are they? No, it's like reality. You can't get out. That happened. I walked out last winter, winter before, whenever it was in, in Nashville, onto my patio, and it had rained. It was ice. I walked out, didn't see the ice. Shoop, I did the classic feet up in the air and, I mean, flat on my back on the concrete. Hit my head. Luckily, I was wearing a hoodie. No one was shooting at me. But the hoodie did cushion the back of my head, which I think I have a thick skull anyway. But I thought, oh, man, I hope nobody saw that because I felt stupid. And then I realized I'm not getting up. I hope somebody did see that because I may need help. But falling is not a is not fun. It's not nearly as much fun as it used to be anymore. And it's like I told a friend of mine here the other day, yesterday, I think it was, being a grown-up isn't nearly as much fun as being a kid. I miss that. Uh, if you go on to uh, theblaze.com, uh, there is one of the stories uh, from Flower Mound, Texas. Never mess with a, a Texas woman. They will kick your butt. Um, this story out of Flower Mound a guy breaks into their house. The um, I think their last name is Allen. So for whatever reason, she gets up in the middle of the night, decides to check on the sprinklers, and she notices a red light on the alarm system. And she walks into the kitchen. She can see the back door is wide open. And she thought, oh, maybe I just left the door open. Maybe I didn't shut it. Whatever it was, maybe the wind had blown it open. But... Then she saw something else move in the kitchen, and she realized, if this has ever happened to you, again, it's all that adrenaline going to your, your head and all these things and your, the hormones kicking in, but you become hyper alert, and for a second, it's like, oh, this can't be happening. This cannot be happening to me. But she saw someone in her kitchen who was not her husband or her son. She screamed at them, and it was a guy in a black hoodie. Uh, she says, that's when instinct took over. He made a move, she said. And she says, I don't know where he was, where he was going, but he was between me, my husband, and my son. She said, I ran straight across the kitchen. I hit him at a full run and just fought and struggled to get him out the back door. Can you imagine that? Getting up in the middle of the night and seeing someone in your house. Although years ago, I remember someone telling me that is it is it is it more terrifying if you if you sat up in the middle of the night would it be more terrifying to see someone inside your home or just outside the window staring in they're inside you have a chance to hit outside for whatever reason just that creepy you know they're there but were they there if they disappear but if they're inside you have you know they become physical you can you can try to take them down i don't know which is more terrifying but she hit this guy She's trying to push him out the door. He grabs a bottle of rum off the uh, kitchen counter. <laughs> so they've been drinking. I can see where this is going now. So, so he grabs a bottle of rum off the uh, the counter. He tries to attack her with his bottle of rum, but she was not having any of that. She pushes him out the back door, shuts the door, locks it. But the guy starts, instead of, I mean, again, 
criminals aren't real bright. Uh, most of them are not. He starts banging on the door, and he's he's coming right back through the door at her. I don't know what these people had in their house that he wanted so badly, but apparently there was something. Uh, the, the glass shatters in the door, and her husband, Mike, uh, comes downstairs, and he helps get this guy back over. He, he turns on the light. He turns on, can you imagine you come downstairs as a guy, you turn on the light, there's your wife fighting with some guy, just some random figure in your kitchen. That has to be one of those moments where your brain, you, you don't, it, it, it doesn't register because it is so far outside the realm of what you're used to that this thing happening before your eyes is just, what the hell is going on in here? They push the guy out the door. And they shut the door. He goes away. Uh, he calls the cops. They're sitting there with baseball bats on their laps while the, the, the cops come. And she's shop backing up the broken glass. I love that about her. She, she, you know, every the guy guy breaks in. He won't go away. Terrified, she gets out the shop vac and starts cleaning up. That's a woman after my own heart. Do not mess with Amy Allen. That is uh, just one. I, she says, I can't imagine why he would come back in. And she said, I figured he'd run. He didn't. He came back in. And I don't know that I'll ever understand that. I don't know. Maybe they have something in their house that's really, really neat that everybody else wants. And this was Mama Bear, her, uh, her husband said. He's standing there with a the baseball. It's a great story. It's on the blaze. It actually gives you hope um, that the good, the good guys do win sometimes. You know, that's our motto here. We tell stories of love and courage where the good guys win. But there are days I swear it does not pay to be a good guy. I know. You can't give up. You have to stay positive. I get all that. But I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted. At the end of the day, I'm exhausted. It seems like you struggle and you fight and you fight and you struggle. But in the end, isn't it worth it? I think it is. Which takes me down the the, the road to revolution in this country. And again, uh, your kids ask you questions and you don't know how to answer them. Because Sam asked me, he said, um, wouldn't revolution, if, if, if people in the government revolted, I mean, what's the, wouldn't that be illegal for us to... Talking about Texas to, to secede from, the, wouldn't it be illegal for us to try to secede from the from the United States? And I was like, well, uh, uh, I think so, but we're supposed to because it's it's you know the government goes south on us. We we've, we've got this responsibility. I don't know. Can't you go watch TV? <laughs> I mean, how do you answer questions like that? Our 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 parents, well, our parents had the Cold War. Why do I have to crawl under my desk and put my hands across the back of my neck? Which, by the way, was a total farce in school. If you think about it, remember that? You had to, oh, yeah, there's a nuclear scare. First thing, kids, get under your desks and put your hands over the back of your neck. In retrospect, that was not going to save us from a nuclear attack. All that was going to do was keep us from standing at the window and staring at the bomb as it went off. That's all. That was just to keep our face staring at the floor, not becoming terrified 
it had nothing to do with safety. <laughs> it they just didn't want a bunch of crazy little fifth graders or fourth or I don't I can't remember when we stopped doing that. But they didn't want us running around in circles and blocking their uh, blocking their way to the exit. That is what that was all about. But now we get questions from our kids like this. What how are we what's uh, Revolution, how are we going to do that? And I thought, I have no idea. What does a revolution in this country look like? When the government, fi- I mean, the government, come on. At this point, do you have any faith in it? Maybe you do. I think, I, I think people on both aisles, both sides of the aisle are scumbags. And I've been a registered Republican since I was 18 years old. I guess anymore I, I'm a, what is it, a fiscal conservative and a, a, a social liberal um, I think the government should stay out of the bedroom, but they should also take our tax dollars and spend them wisely, which, yeah, like that's ever going to happen. But what does a revolution look like in this country? Is it peaceful? I have a friend who's a Navy SEAL, retired. I said, if you ever got a stupid order from the commander in chief, would you follow it? Or would you, you know, well, you know, technically we're supposed to follow the orders and See, these are the things that keep me awake at night. These are the things that I worry about. I know. I'm as crazy as the day is long. But I am Brad Staggs. I am filling in for Jeff Fisher. We are going to take another break. Thank you for sticking with us uh, through all of this. I enjoy talking with you. And uh, we've uh, got, oh gosh, we got another 15 minutes of it on the other side of this. Right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. And I am Brad Staggs filling in for Jeffy this morning as he rests up for the big Monday return of Glenn and the rest of uh, the guys, uh, Pat and Stu. Uh, the whole gang will be reunited uh, Monday morning on the Blaze Radio Network. Um, and we're very excited about that. I'm telling you, this place has not been the same without Glenn in the building for the past month. And I believe this is the longest he's ever not been on the air since... Uh, since he, he started, in, or at least since he uh, went syndicated. Um, I was just reading a story on The Blaze about the, the, two, uh, the, the two kids down in Florida that they've, they've called off the search for these, um, these two boys. Ugh. This is one of those stories that when you have kids, it's tough. And... My son actually said to me yesterday, he said, well, those, their parents were irresponsible letting them go out there. And I thought for a minute, I thought, no. The, their parents right now are devastated. And they're, they're, they're second-guessing themselves. They're, they're what if, and you can't do that. We have to let our kids grow. We have to let our kids reach. That's been, I think, the biggest problem with the past generation is that, man, we have just coddled them to 
death. We've overprotected them. <sighs> we don't want a nation of sissies. I'm sorry. We ju- it's the old back back in the day when rocks were soft and I rode a dinosaur to work. We, we you know we we didn't have cell phones. We were playing until the streetlights came on. That, that you've seen the email that goes around there. These two kids were responsible, from what I've read, responsible, responsible kids, 14-year-olds, really close to adults. And who knows, they're, they're, they may still, I pray they do. But no, Sam, these were not irresponsible parents. These were parents who were letting their kids grow up. And I, I, we can't lose track of that. Um, you cannot overprotect kids. I, I mean, the, the world has changed. I get that. But we've got to let, if we're going to have a, a generation that, that is going to be strong, that's going to lead, they need to learn how to lead. And they're not going to learn how to lead if we never let them do anything. If we, ne- you know, it's the don't climb a tree, you break an arm, blah, blah, blah. You gotta let our kids have freedom. I mean, within boundaries, common sense. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Common sense died with customer service. <sighs> but read read this story on the Blaze about these two kids in Florida. It, it really is. It, it's heart wrenching. But um, man, we gotta let our kids grow, spread their wings, and help lead. <sighs> I am Brad Staggs. I uh, have been so honored to be sitting in in Jeffy's chair this morning, filling in for him. Um, I hope I get to do this again. Uh, if you watch radio and television again, I do the the commercials in in between the uh, the uh, radio breaks and on Glenn's TV show. Thank you so much. Glenn returns on Monday. Looking forward to that. And don't forget to go to MercuryOne.org and sign up for Never Again Is Now. Join us in Birmingham. Let's come together, please. Love you, mean it. And see you next time I see you. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.